Hey, thanks for checking out the Reveal Vineyard podcast. Here at Reveal, our mission is simple. Find God, find others, and find yourself. For more information, visit us online at revealvineyard.com. Well, listen, as most of you know, uh, today is our kickoff for our Dare to Dream campaign. Uh, where we are making our push uh, to raise $200,000 to get into our first permanent home as a church. We have been portable since we started. Started off in the movie theaters at um, then called uh, Ultra Star. Uh, we rented out three other theaters. We used their party room and uh, we gathered to the smell of popcorn and sticky seats and we would come in sometimes and someone vomited on a chair and it had a covering over it and it wasn't the best of circumstances, but I'm fond of it. Uh, I love preaching to the smell of popcorn, that's all I will tell you. Uh, but that's, you know, we started and then we moved in here and we've been looking for a space for maybe the last three and a half years. There's not a lot of spaces in Surprise that's large enough for what uh, we're looking for and we're getting ready to make the, uh, the jump to light speed as I tell our staff and uh, this is kind of... Uh, a pivotal moment for our church. It's a day that begins to define our future. It's a day that begins a new chapter in our story. And it's a day that asks for uh, sacrifice and commitment. Uh, But I want you to know that uh, the sacrifice that's being asked is not for me, and it's not even ultimately for you. Uh, The sacrifice is because we believe in the kingdom message. And the commitment is in the kingdom message and the gospel message of God coming to earth to redeem that which was lost, to redeem mankind and to offer forgiveness for the sins that have separated us from him. And so that kingdom message is what we rally around. I hope that you still believe in the power of the cross. I hope you believe in the story of Jesus. I hope that, that you're sold out on, on the love and the mercy of God, which needs to be communicated to people who have yet to hear. And so let's be clear about how we move forward. We do so because we believe in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And any church that champions that story becomes the hope of the world. And we now step into that part of the universal church. We step into being storytellers of Jesus, and we are the hope of the world. We stand with those who have come before us, whose blood and sacrifice of men and women who embrace their calling to be part of the local church. Those whose faith would not bend, those who believed in the impossible, and those who stepped in and embraced the mission of the church. We stand on their shoulders of faith. And today, it is our turn. Today, we dream of laying a foundation where one day, those who come behind us will stand on our shoulders of faith. See, one thing that I know for sure is that there will be people who will come to faith because of a local church name Reveal, because of what we are doing here today. The Bible speaks of uh, of, of the rewards and crowns and the, f- the fruit of our labor, that will be for all of us. There will be a day when someone will meet us in heaven, I believe, will say, I am here today in part because of what you've done. There will be a day, 
as we dream not just for today, but we dream 20 and 50 and 75 years in the future, when there will be people who will never know our names, will come to faith in Jesus Christ, will embrace hope, and will step into a new life because of what we have done today. And so what we're about is not just for us, It's not just for our children, but it's for our children's children and our children's children's children and for those who we have even yet to meet. We step into our role as the local church. I'm asking today that you would be crazy enough to believe that we can change our small corner of the world. Ephesians 3 says, Now to him who is able, listen to the strong language here. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask, all we can imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, meaning it never ends forever and ever. Amen. We love this verse. We quote this verse. We highlight it. We tape it on our refrigerator. But what I want you to understand is the context of this verse is wrapped in the church. This, the, the entire verses leading up to it in chapter 3 is talking about the church as a whole, as a community, and how the church functions. Now read it again in light of the church community. He's saying, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever think or imagine. According to his power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. The idea of what Paul is saying is that Jesus brings his people together to form an assembly, uh, to to form a church. Second Peter talks about Jesus is gathering his people to build a spiritual house. And Paul says here that Jesus is, is gathering his church All of our desires, all of our dreams, all of our imaginations, all of our talents, all of our gifts, he gathers us together in unity. And when this happens, when God's people gather together as an assembly, we become the platform for God to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or think. Listen, that is what this is talking about. The church gathered together, that we become the platform for God through the church to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or think, and what has God done? If you look through the history of the church, yes, there are some black marks on the history of the church. I agree. But overall, there has been no force like the local church in spreading the gospel message and creating good in the world and hospitals and soup kitchens and uh, and taking care of AIDS patients and helping uh, those early on when plagues ravished the land. That was the church who had stepped in. And today, We take our place among them. And so I want to, for a few moments today, to just kind of review the core of what we are about. I want us to go over the ten hills that we die on. And to communicate when we talk about an extraordinary church, that if we could live out our hills, we will be that church. So in just a few moments... Uh, we're going to have some of our ushers who will pass out uh, some Dare to Dream cards. You don't need to fill these out yet. I just want you to hang on to them. I want you to uh, just kind of set them aside. We'll talk about them here in just a few moments and uh, explain what they'll mean and how we're going to fill them out. 
Join me as we pray. Lord, we thank you for the gospel story. We thank you for the cross and for the empty tomb. And we thank you for redemption that has entered in and touched each one of us. We thank you for the forgiveness of sin. And we thank you that you have reached down and you have touched broken and fragmented people and you begin to put us back together. All of us with the same story that we once were lost, but now we are found. And I pray for those who maybe they're here and they, they would admit themselves that I'm lost, I'm wandering. Today, let them be found. Let them find you. Let them find Jesus, the hope of the world. Let them find a future and a hope. I pray for any who are here today that feel maybe like they're drifting and they're wandering and, and they see it and they feel it and they know it, but, but, but they're still drifting. Today, I pray you would meet them in that drift and you would begin to walk them back. Today, I pray that there is hope. Hope for all of us. Holy Spirit, be here upon us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's talk about some of the hills that we die on as a church. The first hill is that it's all about Jesus. There's never been a more famous person in all of history. Nobody who is more loved and no one who is more hated. Opinions can be seen in art and literature and music and movies. And there are some who are friends and there are many who are foes. But at Reveal, the first hill that we die on is that everything is about Jesus. And if we lose this focus, then we have failed as a church. Max Licato, in his book, It's Not About You, he begins his book by reminding us of the fact that humans used to believe that the earth was the center of the universe. Until Nicholas Copernicus came and began to argue, saying it's not the earth that is the center of it all, but it is actually the sun is the center of, of the solar system. And people thought that he was crazy. They insisted that the earth was the stabilizing force and the center of everything. Today we know that Copernicus was correct. Lakato says, what Copernicus did for the earth, God does for our souls. Tapping the collective shoulders of humanity, he points to the sun, his sun, and says, behold, the center of it all. He goes on to say, when God looks at the center of the universe, he doesn't look at you. When heaven's stagehands direct the spotlight towards the star of the show, I need no sunglasses. No light falls on me. God does not exist to make a big deal out of us. We exist to make a big deal out of him. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's all about him. See, what this means for us is that while you're here, I hope that you learn a few things about yourself. I hope you become a better spouse. I hope, uh, I hope that maybe you can become a better employee or you step into living a more fulfilled life or, or, or maybe uh, something of uh, God changes something in you and morality or wh whatever that might look like. But ultimately, ultimately, we do not exist to simply change morality. And we don't simply exist that you may be a better version of you. We exist to point you to Jesus. 
This church exists to point other people to Jesus, who is the hope of the world. So let's make it very clear. We cannot just be a church that does social justice, and I'm for social justice. We have to be a church that represents Jesus Christ as the Savior and the hope of the world, while doing social justice and all the other things that we do currently as a church, but Jesus is always at the center. And maybe today you came in with burdens that are too heavy for you to bear. Maybe today you came in with guilt that is too great for you to carry. I believe that Jesus is still the answer. I believe that forgiveness is still found at an old rugged cross. I believe that his story still matters. I believe that he came to restore all that sin has taken from us. To restore our relationship with God but also to restore our relationship with ourselves and to restore our relationships with the rest of humanity. Today, I believe more than ever that Jesus matters and his story needs to be told. Jesus still matters today. And listen, we're just one of churches around the world and organizations like Phoenix Rescue Mission and Teen Challenge or whoever else, who is telling the same story, that Jesus Christ is our greatest hope for redemption and for repair and to put together that which sin is broken. I don't know of a better story. I don't know of a better thing to give your life to than to keeping that story going. And so our first hill has been and will always be that it is all about Jesus. Our second hill is that we seek truth. That means that nobody needs to have it all sorted out before they come to this community of faith. That we don't, uh, uh, or we understand that uh, those will come through the, those will come through the doors who may not understand the Bible or the deeper nuances of the Bible, and some may not even believe in the Bible. But we do hope that everyone who comes is open to exploring the truth that is contained in the pages of this book. So we don't hold to a relative truth or a cultural truth or even an intellectual truth that we believe that God has given us His words because they reveal godly truth. And so we are on a journey of discovering truth. And that is part of the transformation that God does within us. And as we discover truth, it means that we need to have grace for one another. And it leads into our next hill, that we would leave the masks. Now we believe that we cannot step into everything God has for us if we put up facades and false fronts. That we value, as a church, authenticity. I try to demonstrate authenticity to you because I want you to live in authenticity. Transparency is part of what all of our staff does because we want you to live in transparency. Because the moment we begin to look down our nose at someone as if we never is the moment that we begin to put on false fronts and masks and we begin to come in on a Sunday and try to hold it together and try to give the appearance that all is good on the outside, but on the inside we're dying. This needs to be a safe place where we can come and say, I am failing right now. And that you can bring out those words without fear of condemnation, guilt, and without judgment. That is a hill that we die on. That we would be authentic in how we live our lives. 
And if this is your church, then I ask that you would die with us on the hill of transparency and authenticity. And that means that we leave the masks. Next one, number four, is that we expect spiritual growth. This means, now listen carefully, this means that while Reveal needs to be a safe place, even a safe place for us to fail, safe doesn't always mean comfortable. And safe doesn't always mean that nothing ever changes. See, while we don't expect everyone who comes to Reveal to be a devoted follower of Christ, we do believe that everyone who is around our community for any length of time should begin to reflect the image of Jesus in our everyday lives. That's not us in our belief. That is God saying that if, if, if you're around the things of God long enough, and once you begin to open yourself to the things of God, He begins a transformation within us. And so while Reveal needs to be a safe place, safe doesn't always mean comfortable. Yes, there will be times when we'll be pushed to the point where we're not comfortable, where the Holy Spirit is stirring something up in us that's difficult. Those are good things. That's part of God creating us more into His image. And so we expect spiritual growth. Another hill that we die on is what we call come together. That church is not just something that we do, but church is something that we are. We are the ecclesia is, is the word uh, Jesus used in Matthew where he talks about building his church. And that ecclesia is just an assembly or a gathering of people. Community is part of that assembly, that we just don't go to church, that we are the church. Now, I've told you before, the X factor moving into our new building is community. What will make us a better church, an extraordinary church, is how we begin to relate to one another better in community and how quickly we can absorb those into community that are coming in from the outside. This is what the church should be about. Community is about knowing and being known. It's about loving and being loved. It's about celebrating and being celebrated. It's about serving and being served. Basil was an early church father in the fourth century, and he said this. He said, when we live our lives in isolation, what we have is unavailable, and what we lack is unprocurable. In other words, he says that when we live isolated, independent lives, and you can do that even with coming to a Sunday-only service, when we live secluded lives, what we have to offer, your gifts, your talents, your wisdom, your life experience, what you have to offer the church is unavailable because you've secluded yourself. But then he goes on to say that what you need, what you lack, is unprocurable, meaning the very thing that you need, someone else's life experience, someone else's wisdom, someone else's gifts and their talents and their wisdom, is not available to you because you have isolated yourself. Galatians 6 says that we should carry one another's burdens. And we can't do that in rows. It happens in circles. It just happens that we're launching our uh, next uh, semester of regroups right now. Out in the lobby are some of these cards. You need to find a group that works for you, sign up for it, that you would start to do life in circles and not just in rows. It will be the biggest propellant of you moving forward in your spiritual growth is for you to begin to discuss spiritual things across a coffee table with somebody. I will guarantee you that. Look at our next hill. is the practice and the proclamation of the kingdom of God. 
the kingdom of God, it was the primary message of Jesus. And I gave teachings on this, an entire series last year. Uh, is the primary thrust, the message of Jesus was the kingdom of God. He said that, behold, the kingdom of God has come. Now, when Jesus talked about the kingdom, it wasn't a physical kingdom, but it was the rule and the reign of God. That wherever the authority of God happened to be, Jesus said that's where the kingdom of God was. And then he demonstrated the kingdom of God by praying for the sick and, and, and healings and casting out demons and, and, and forgiveness of sin and, and standing against those who have been marginalized and those who have been forgotten, standing with them and embracing them and bringing them in. He demonstrated what it looks like when the power or the rule of God was present. Today, we carry that story. We carry the story of the kingdom. And so we seek for God's kingdom to break in among us, right? When the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray, part of the prayer was your kingdom come and your will be done. That we pray for God's kingdom, his rule and his reign to break in among us. We do that by praying for those in need and praying for healing and delivering those who are oppressed by uh, demonic forces and by doing social justice and standing up for those who, who, who are too weak to have a voice. And that's all part of bringing the kingdom of God. We bring the kingdom with us, not just here on Sunday, but you're the church. When you go into your workplace and your neighborhoods and your family, the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God goes with you. We represent the kingdom. Next one is this idea that everyone gets to play. In my early 20s, one of the things that radically changed my participation in the church was that everyone gets to play. I love how Jesus recruited ordinary men uh, from all walks of life. Fishing boats, fishermen, women from all walks of life. And he invited them to be part of their team. The reason why I push so strongly for you to use your gifts and your talents is because you get to play. In the kingdom message, in the gospel message, you're a storyteller. doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. doesn't matter what your life has looked like. doesn't look like, matter what yesterday looked like. Make a decision today to continue the story and step in and begin to play. Hey, you may have been last picked on every sports team. You're not last picked in the kingdom. Everyone gets to, pro, gets to play. Next is the presence of God. We believe that God wants to meet with his people and that God is eager to be known and experienced by all. There's a difference between saying God is everywhere and God is here. God is everywhere is a default that Christians lean on and just say, well, yeah, God is everywhere. It will true, but if you read the biblical text, it seems that God is more interested in not just being everywhere, but being where you are. That in other words, God is just not in uh, uh, watching us from a distance, that he is actually seated next to you at this moment. That his desire in redeeming us is that a relationship might be started. And if you read through biblical text over and over again, the story highlights God being manifest with his people. Whether it's in Eden, whether it's in the temple, whether it's in the incarnation of Christ, or whether it's in the new heaven and the new earth. God is always at work, always looking to meet with us. Number nine, I believe it's number nine, is the uh, compassionate ministry. We are a church that leans toward the hurting and towards the poor and towards the outcast and toward the outsider with the compassion of Jesus. Do you know why we share stories of people who are still in the midst of their story? It's because I never want you to think that the only time we will celebrate someone's victory is when they have arrived at the finish line. 
But I want us to celebrate victories one step at a time. That means I don't have an issue sharing your story, even if your story isn't complete, even if you're still in the midst of the struggle, even if you're still in the tension between faith and doubt. We can celebrate what God has done in you, even as God is continuing in you. And I've, I've always wondered, churches that only celebrate those who have made it at the pinnacle of life, while the rest of us think, I'll never get there. I've always felt there was something encouraging by saying, this person is, is, is moving forward, even in their struggle, I can do the same. That's the power of the Holy Spirit within us. We are a compassionate church, and we lean towards the hurting and the poor, and, and hey, we'll embrace the up-and-comers, but we'll also embrace the down-and-outers. Compassion should be the leading edge of our service and sacrifice to God, to each other, and to a broken world without unauthorized judgments because mercy triumphs over judgment. And the last one, let me have the band come up, is we are spiritual contributors and we're not spiritual consumers. Our understanding means that we believe that if we begin to think only as individuals that the church is weaker for it and that when the church is the best is when all of us move from being an attender to being an owner of the church. Here's what I ask of you. To be an owner of this church. And that you carry the mission forward. And you carry the story forward. As an owner of Reveal, it means that we choose to focus on community over self and sacrifice over self-service and commitment over inconvenience. Reveal, we're stepping in uh, to the... um, Well, it's the most risky step we've ever taken as a church. Uh, But we're stepping into the future that I believe God has for us. And if we live out our hills, we will be an extraordinary church. See, I believe that this space that we're going into, I believe that the reason that it's been vacant for eight, almost nine years, is because God's been holding it for us. And I believe that the reason why we have sown so greatly into the community that we're going into is because God was preparing us and working in us. I believe that the reason that we started resource rooms and the Title I schools and the reason why we have painted homes and the reason why we have done so much work in El Mirage and fed the the hungry and brought clothing for those who, who need it and the reason why we've stepped in to help those who are marginalized and as an outcast is because God was preparing us for this moment. And so now is our step. So you have received Dare to Dream cards. If you don't have a pen or a pencil, we'll have some people pass them out. Just kind of raise your hand and wave at them and they'll get you one. But here's what I'm asking. Band's going to do a song. I'd encourage you to use it as a time of prayer and a time of seeking God of what he would ask of you. I'll be honest with you. I felt a little unprepared um, the last month and a half because I'm not a fundraiser. It's just not who I am. So I presented you with the vision. I prevented, presented you with the story that Jesus matters. And I'm trusting the Holy Spirit does the rest. And so I'm asking that you would consider, there's an amount on there, your dare to dream amount. I'm asking that you would write in whatever it is that the Holy Spirit is leading you to give. Now here's what's important. If you already gave last year and you're done giving, let's say you gave last year for tax reasons, and you're done giving, we still need that amount written in. 
Because the card is the only thing we're going to add up to see where we're at and how we move forward and what of the one of the three options we take as a church moving forward. So if you've given some already, I know that some people, they had dare to dream checks, they were dropping in the bucket already. We need that amount written in. So the full amount that you plan on giving over the next three months, if you would write that in. We're going to add those up. That'll give us some insight and some wisdom on how we move forward. The other thing today is that whatever it is that you're going to give to kick off that giving, you can drop that in the offering buckets as well as you leave. So let's say, for example, you're gonna, you wrote in here, um, I'm going to give a million dollars. Let's just say someone's going to give a million dollars. That's your full amount. You're going to give a million. And today, you're going to start that giving by writing an $800,000 check. So you write that $800,000 check that's going to bounce, and you put it in the bucket on your way out. So today, whatever it is that you're going to give in full, even if you've already given, we're going to add these up. And then whatever it is that you feel you can give today to start that giving, and the rest you will give over a three-month period. If you're new with us, I'm sorry. I really am, because this thing of money, I know the reputation that it gives to the church. And all I can tell you, and you won't know because you haven't been here, that's not who I am, and it's not who we've ever been. But who we are is a church that believes that Jesus matters. And so for that reason, I'm willing to present the challenge to us. 200K, that's a lot of cake. But God's a pretty good baker. I don't know why I said that. I just came up with that. So I'd like you to pray. Uh, but stand with us. We're going to lead you in a prayer and a litany, and then you can uh, consider how you will fill out your cards. Reside in us. We yield our lives to you. Sovereign in us, your servants, here we stand. We pray your kingdom come. And this is what the Lord requires of us, to love mercy, walk humbly, and act justly. Holy God, our Father Adonai, you are welcome in this place. We pray your kingdom come. We are wholly yours, take every part. For your kingdom's cause be our only and highest aim. We pray your kingdom come. Lord, we ask that you would give us dreams that move our city and be unstoppable with the war of night. Would you come like fire and ignite a holy passion for the time is coming of salvation's tide? We pray your kingdom come. And this is what the Lord requires of us, to love mercy, walk humbly, and act justly. Holy God, our Father Adonai, you are welcome in this place. We pray your kingdom come. We're going to do one last song corporately. If you're seated, would you stand with us? And uh, let's just make this last song just kind of the declaration, the cry of our heart, the prayer uh, that uh, we offer up uh, to see what God is going to do through a local church named uh, Reveal with some ordinary men and women, myself included, all of us, common ordinary people who have given ourselves to Christ and to be carriers of his story, storytellers for the most important story that's ever been told. Let's go ahead and close. Lord, I believe that to be true. That we as a small church, we've only scratched the surface of what you would have for us. That you have greater things for us to step into. To have a greater reach and a greater impact. And it's not 
for the glory of man. It's not even for the glory of reveal. It is for the glory of your kingdom, for the glory of your son. And so we step into our place as a member of your assembly. Father, I pray your blessing upon each person. A blessing on each person that is sacrificing, each person that is giving. And I pray the equal blessing on those who are not able to give today. I pray that your face would shine upon us and your hand would rest upon all of us. I pray that you would be to each one of us what we need from you today. That you would meet us in our circumstances, meet us in our brokenness. Impart in us the gospel message of Jesus that we would carry that story with us wherever we would go. And so today, as part of your local church called Reveal, we commit ourselves to you and we step in to the future that you have written for us. And we say yes to you. Yes to your plans, yes to your ways, yes to your call. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, if you're a guest, I'd love to meet you if you'd like prayer. We'll have someone down here who would pray for you. You can drop your card in with the total amount that you're giving, remember, on the buckets on your way out. Anything that you're giving today towards that, you can drop it in the buckets on your way out, and then you can continue to give through the next three months as we move towards our goal for 200000 uh, to take this next step. God bless you guys. Again, I'm glad to be doing this journey with you. Bless you.